Well, we're going to come to our reading now in the next part of James. Uh, we'll be reading from James chapter 3, uh, verses 13 to 18. That's James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. I'll give you a moment to find that. So James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18 says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Well, before Dan comes and opens that passage for us, I'm just going to pray for him now. Lord, I thank you for Dan now. I thank you for the time you've given him. Uh, in your word and to prepare for this evening. Lord, I pray that you would speak powerfully and clearly through him now. Lord, work in our hearts and our minds. Let them be receptive to the message that you want us to hear now, Father. Amen. I'll hand over to Dan now. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for, for doing that. And you'll be glad to know that uh, at least I know uh, when I'm I'm finishing because the cuckoo clock will sound. So thank you, Josh, for that. It's a, it's a helpful reminder for us. Um, well, I wonder this evening, as we have that Bible passage open in front of us, what would you say it means to be wise? What would you say being wise looks like? Today, we might say that being wise is the uh, the amount of maybe certificates that are, that are hanging on our wall somewhere. I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I've got into a bit of a bad habit uh, as I feel like I, I'm looking more on Zoom at people's backgrounds and the, and the details that you can see behind them uh, rather than the person speaking. I don't know whether we find ourselves doing at the moment. And if you watch the news, especially, you know, they still got their experts being pulled in as they debate, you know, very serious topics, but they, they're sort of coming from their studies, their, their homes. And you see some of these experts on the news and they've got, they're surrounded, it seems, by hundreds, if not thousands of books and making it very impressive and certificates that are hanging all across their wall and listing all of their achievements. It looks really impressive, doesn't it? And, and it looks to our culture's minds, it looks to our minds often that this is what wisdom looks like. But the Bible, as we'll see this evening, has a very different perspective of what wisdom looks like to God. And we'll see that wisdom, well, it's mostly a matter of the heart. It starts with the stuff that you can't hang on the wall behind you for everyone to see. But our passage shows us that, well, even though it starts in the heart with things that people cannot see, well, actually, the end is actually what everyone can see. It ends in view of everyone to see. 
Now, a passage this evening that uh, Josh read out. Thank you so much, Josh, for leading us and uh, for reading that out to us. You could say that our passage it is a bit like the meat in between, uh, in the middle of a sandwich. You know, Jehovah's 50-50, you could say. And the bread uh, the co- is the context of our passage. And the context that we see before our passage and after our passage really helps us see uh, what James wants us to know when it comes to this passage. And so last week, we really saw helpfully from Chris uh, that James uh, talks about taming the tongue. That the tongue, it can cause such damage uh, Lord, by the things that we say uh, to one another. And then if you look after our passage, if you've got your Bibles in chapter four, verse one, the very next verse after our passage, James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, of course, this theme of words, of of anger, of speaking uh, to one another in a hostile way. Do you know, this has been a huge theme we've seen in the book of James so far. Uh, For example, James chapter one, verse 19. James, he says, everyone should be slow to speak and quick to listen, slow to become angry. James says in chapter two, verse 12, he says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged. Be aware of what you're saying to one another. And then in chapter three, verse nine that we heard last week, James says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father and with it, we curse human beings. It really seems that there is a real problem in this church that that James is writing to, that James really wants to address, of of anger towards one another, of a division, of of hostility, even when it comes to the the church leaders. You think you'd know, we think we'd know better as we saw last week. But James, he's so keen and he keeps on wanting to show us that this is not what the gospel does to those who trust in it. This is not what it looks like for those who follow Jesus. This is not what an understanding of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus, this is not where it leads in this direction. As James said in the verse just before our passage starts, he says, uh, he says, a salt spring cannot produce fresh water. James in our passage tonight, well, you know, he wants to take us deeper. He wants to take us to that source, that spring of why it is. Why is it that our tongues are so hard to keep a hold of, so hard to maintain? Why is it uh, that we get angry and that there's bitterness that is caused and division. What's the source behind it? What, where's the spring at? And as we go through our passage tonight, I've got two points that will hopefully help us as we go through. And the first point is this, the harbour in our hearts, the harbour in our hearts. Look with me at verses 14 and 15 of James chapter three. It says, but if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast about it or deny the truth such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly unspiritual demonic james here shows us the root of it all the source behind everything that he's been explaining 
I'm writing to address in his letter so far. And James says, you really don't have to look very far to work out where the source is. It's the heart, James says. The heart being what the Bible says to be the centre of our our being, the centre of our will and our desires. And, And James, he gives this image Do you see there down in verse 14, he says, if you harbour, if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts. You see, I love James because he knows the human heart so well. He knows that that there is a part of our hearts that, you know, just loves to hold on to things that we know are wrong. That deep down we we love doing. We love acting like the, the word we see there translated harbour. It, it, it literally means to hold on to, to, to protect in one sense. And when you think about it, that's exactly what a harbour does. Uh, if you've ever been down to the to the coast recently, I know that a group of 20s did uh, this weekend. You'll know that all the way along the coast, you'll find these harbours in different towns and and they protect ships, don't they? They protect ships from the wind and the waves that Uh, the sea will bring in. A harbour gives shelter. A harbour protects. And usually that's a really good thing, isn't it? But here in James, it's anything but a good thing. Because James knows that there's a harbour, a little harbour in all of our hearts. And we protect things and we give a shelter to the things that secretly deep down, we don't want to let go of. We give it a harbour that that maybe we try and shelter from God's word that we read or from our conscience. And James uses, he uses two examples of of things that we can put in that harbour. He uses the examples of envy and selfish ambition. These are two things that this church he's writing to are struggling with, it seems, immensely. They just can't seem it seems to to let go of these things. They can't give them up. It's the harbour in our heart, envy and selfish ambition. And when I look inside my own heart, you know, I've been so challenged by this this week. Do you know when I look inside my own heart, I see a little harbour there too. That, that, you know, even if it's that envy, you know, that is that is always looking at what others have and what I don't, that makes me feel all too easily discontented in my current situation and circumstances. We might be saying this evening, you know, I, I don't seem to be at the same point of life that, that maybe others are at my age. We maybe look at the success of others around us and we want it for ourselves, that the, the promotion that skips over us, the praise that eliminates us. It builds up and it builds up and slowly but surely we give envy a little harbour in our hearts. The selfish ambition that just is looking out for ourselves as number one, looking to our own interests and and we know that it's not right but we give it a harbour. We protect it. We shelter it. We don't want to let go of it. And, And James do you know, it's a, it's a book of wisdom. It's, it's, guess, the wisdom book of the New Testament. And it's no coincidence that it parallels with another book of wisdom in the Bible, the, the book of Proverbs. We saw a bit of that last week. And James, I think, really echoes what we see all the way through Proverbs, that Proverbs says that wisdom is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart, not, not, not really of the mind. 
of the heart. And I think James in, in verse 14 echoes a proverb. We've been well known, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I love what Thomas Cramner, who was the, the Archbishop of Canterbury, can you believe to Henry VIII of all people? And he said this, he said, what the heart loves, the will chooses and the mind justifies. Do we notice where Thomas Cramner says it starts? He says it starts where James says it starts, where the spring is. It's, it's what the heart loves. That's where it starts. That's where everything flows from in our lives. If we're wondering why we behave in a certain way, if we're wondering why we do some things and not other things, well, James says it all starts with the heart. That is for where everything else in our lives flows from. It's the harbour in our hearts. And yet, often today, those characteristics that James mentions as, as almost worldly wisdom, but, you know, they are characteristics that I guess are necessary to be wise as the world sees wisdom. You would say, you, you know, you, you need to prove that you're the smartest. You, you need to prove why you're better than everyone else around you. you. You need to look after your own interests more than those around you to get anywhere. James says, no, 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 no. There is a real difference. That is not what wisdom looks like to God. It's unspiritual, James says, verse 15. It's, it's earthly. It's, it's demonic even. And that's because of the effect that it has, the, the effect of this harbour in our hearts has. Do you see where that's where James leads us to in verse 16? He says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. It might be this evening that we say, you know, well, those traits, that those, those maybe things that we harbour in our hearts, well, they, they don't hurt anyone, do they? It doesn't, it doesn't cause any damage to live like that. And yet James says this evening, do you know, it will only ever cause damage. I mean, let's just think about that. James isn't wrong when he says that. If, if this harbour of envy and selfish ambition remains in our hearts, that then it will flow out into every area of life. And, and it will damage the context that we find ourselves in. It will, it will damage our relationships with one another. It will, it will cause hostility, as it's caused in this church, of friendships between one another. It, it will damage our families. It, it will damage our marriages. And no doubt we have, we have all seen and, and know of the damage of a heart from which these things flow. We know the damage it can cause. And it not only damages our relationship with others, but it, it damages our relationship with God. And, and it will lead us to being more discontent with what we have. And, and therefore, it will lead us to being unthankful towards God. And, and therefore, well, it will lead us to be living lives seeking to be independent of God. And the third, I guess, damaging effect that this will cause therefore is that it will affect and damage our witness to those around us those that know that we're christians at work or at school that know we were at church on sunday 
And yet they look at our lives and they just think there's nothing distinct there. There's nothing different. It's worldly wisdom. Now, I don't know exactly what this church that James was writing to all of those years ago would have looked like as maybe they had a church service together, you know, as they quarreled and as they fought and argued, it seems, maybe not in public, but behind the scenes. But I don't I know that it wouldn't have looked pretty for sure. What would have made this church stand out in the communities that they lived in? James, he says something really profound and insightful. He says, what starts in the heart, it doesn't stay in the heart like we might wish it did. What starts in the heart ends up infecting and damaging and being realized in the places and the people that we love and we're closest with. And that's why Proverbs, it says, above all else, guard your heart, do whatever it takes for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. And so how important it is to guard it, to be aware of that danger of having a harbour in your heart. Everything you do flows from it. Imagine it like a, a, a bottle of Evian water, you know, that that comes from the, the, the beautiful, pristine glaciers of the French Alps. And imagine, you know, you, you finally make your way and you find the source of this beautiful Evian crystal clear water. And then you bring out of your bag a bottle of dandelion and burdock, you know, because that's a, it's a pretty interesting drink, isn't it? And then you, you get a glass of this dandelion and burdock and you, you pour it into the source of this river from which it flows. Or do you know what goes into the source? Well, it will eventually come out in the other end. It will eventually make its way into the bottle of Evian. And even though it's small, its impact will be huge. I mean, it's a pretty funky tasting drink, isn't it? Let's be real. But the image, hopefully that portrays. I'm sure Evian have got things in place to make sure it doesn't happen. But the image, what goes in the source doesn't stay in the source. It flows out. It affects everything. And even the smallest bit can have a big impact. And James here in our passage shows us the great enemy of wisdom. Well, it's our own hearts. It's the envy. It's the, the selfish ambition. It's the pride. It's, it's all of the other things that we know are in our own hearts that we can so often give protection to. We can give that, that shelter we want to hold on to. Yeah, James says, no, if you hold on to it, if you don't deal with it, it will flow out into everything that we do. That's the harbour in our hearts. But, but secondly and finally this evening, we, we get the antidote almost, the, the vaccine that, that James gives. And that's the harvest from our hearts. The harvest from our hearts. That's verses 17 to 18. See, if what we were looking at at the start was the root, the, the source, you could say, the spring of worldly wisdom, well, what James ends our passage pointing us to is wisdom that comes from heaven, God's wisdom, and what that looks like, and not just what it looks like, but the effect that that has when it's lived out. Look with me at verse 17, James, he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. 
It's almost like James goes, you know, have you got the picture yet? Wisdom from heaven is just totally different from the way that the church that he was writing to was living. It's, it's completely different from worldly wisdom, isn't it? Instead of envy, well, James says it's pure. Instead of being hostile and, and angry, James says it's peace-loving. Instead of selfish ambition, well, James says it's, it's considerate of others. It's, it's impartial. It's sincere, loving. James says when, when this kind of wisdom is lived out, you know, when we get to grips with the, the things that we hold on to in our hearts and this begins to be the source from which everything else flows, well, James says a harvest is brought to bear. It's like James says you cultivate soil in whatever context you're in. You cultivate soil metaphorically that is so rich, things around begin to grow all around you. And I mean, look at verse 17 for a moment. You know, when, when you look at this wisdom and you see this wisdom, but don't you look through it and you just think, yes, yes, like this is so good. This is such good wisdom. And that's what those James was writing to needed to hear more than anything. They need to know this way of wisdom that wasn't going to lead to damaging relationships between each other, that wasn't going to lead to, to hostility and division, but wisdom that comes from God that, that instead of bringing damaging and, and hostility and division, brings relationships that builds and grows and unifies together. And each of us this evening, whoever we are, do you know, we have context, don't we? Wherever we go this week, whoever we're with, we have context where each of us can almost cultivate this harvest bearing soil in our own lives. You know, we, we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, whether that be in our marriages, maybe, that are so important in, in our relationships that we have, in our friendships, those we work with, our children, our parents, maybe. Living out this wisdom, it, James says, James says, it brings a harvest. It brings a harvest. It grows something in, in relationships. And not just that relationships will be stronger and deeper and, and more unifying when this is being lived out, but, but that our witness to James is concerned about the effect the gospel has. And our witness too is as a church will be stronger. It will be deeper. It will be more unifying. And, and as we pray, as we live out this response to, well, what we have come to know in our own lives, the gospel message, well, we pray as we live that out, it leads to a harvest of people, harvest of souls who, who come to know Jesus for themselves too. James says, no, actually, when this becomes the source from which everything else flows in our lives, no, things begin to grow. Things begin to grow. It is good soil. And sure, this evening, this might may, may not be what the world classifies as wisdom. It doesn't get us any certificates hanging on our wall for people to see when we're logging on in Zoom. It doesn't give us any extra letters before or even after our names. But one thing is for certain, James says, because it is God's wisdom, it will bear more fruit in our lives 
and those around us than anything the world could ever do. Because James knows the source, the power from which it comes from. It is wisdom from God. And maybe if we're here this evening and and we doubt that very much, we doubt that it will bring this harvest, this this growing of of relationships and, and fruits around us. Well, we need to look, if we're in doubt, at what is so important about this passage, about where this passage ultimately points us this evening. It points us to Jesus. The one Paul said in Corinthians is wisdom from God. Jesus is wisdom come down from heaven, lived out perfectly, who displayed the the greatest extent of peace and and sincerity and consideration and mercy and love this world has ever seen and could ever know. And on the cross where, where that was seen almost to its greatest extent of his love and his willingness to be peace making to us, you and me this evening. But as he hung on that cross, well, guess what? Everyone thought he was a fool. The Greeks, they thought, well, it was utter tragedy. Jesus was a laughing stock. Foolishness, they thought, of him on the cross. And he looked abhorrent to the Jews, his own people. He looked anything but wise on the cross. He looked like a fool. And yet Christ is wisdom from God, isn't he? And wisdom that, praise God, has made us fools righteous in his sight. That's what we remember in taking communion, wasn't it? Wisdom that has made us fools blameless before him. We've treated God shockingly, haven't we? And yet Jesus, as he lived out this way of wisdom, this peacemaking sowing of seed, well, do you know, he has reaped a harvest of souls, hasn't he? I mean, just think about it throughout generations, throughout centuries, and still today, the millions, the billions of people that have turned to know Jesus for themselves, who want to know the forgiveness, the love, the life, that he brings, that we were made to know peace with God, a hope of a future with God forever. And so let us never doubt that God's wisdom fails to bring in a harvest. It always does. It always does bring in a harvest. And so maybe this evening, we've, we've maybe been hearing about this harbour in our hearts and, and maybe we resonate with that. Maybe we we look inside of our own hearts and we can see things that we hold on to, that we shelter away, that it can be true of our own hearts. We can see how that maybe even flows out in our lives day to day, that worldly way of wisdom. And then maybe we've looked at this evening, the wisdom that James points us to, this wisdom that comes from heaven, God's way of wisdom and it looks so different and maybe we long to live like James writes here because we see it and we see it so good and we know that when this wisdom is sowed around us in relationships and context that we are it it brings in a harvest from our hearts as it it's lived out and maybe we're asking this evening well how how do I do that how how do I get this wisdom How, how do I live like this Well, firstly, this evening, look to Jesus 
look to him. He, he, he is really what this wisdom is all about. He's where it points us to. He's the one who lives it out. He's the one who gives us the power and the strength to live it out by his spirit. And knowing more of him, knowing more of the gospel, as James is showing us, the go- this is what the gospel does to us. The more we understand it, the more we pray, we will be able to live it out. But this evening, don't just look to him. Ask him. And this is where we'll end. Because James has already told us this evening how we can get wisdom. James, at the very start of his letter, James chapter one, verse five, he says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Amen. Well, let's do that now. Our Lord Jesus, we we praise you, we worship you, that you are wisdom from God come down. We thank you that as we look at your life, we see such a beautiful life, a life that is peace-making, peace-loving, considerate, merciful. Lord Jesus, we thank you that on the cross, even though to the world it looks foolish, we know that that was your, your amazing act of rescue. So that we, though foolish and that we reject you and we've mistreated you and mistreat others, you've made a way for us to be forgiven. And we thank you for that. And we ask, Lord Jesus, as it says in your words here, we ask you for wisdom, that we might live out this wisdom, that it may flow out of our hearts. It may be the very source of our hearts so that everything that we do, whatever context we're in, whoever we're with, may be confronted with the gospel lived out and that they might see Jesus, something of Jesus in us, and it may lead to a harvest. It may lead to growing of relationships. It may lead to a growing of people coming to know you even as we live this out. Help us, Father, as we battle with the harbour in our hearts. Father, would you help us see that these things aren't good? They are damaging to those around us, to our relationship with you. We pray that he would help us, give us the strength to remove whatever is in there, that we might let your wisdom, your word, the love of Christ be the source of our hearts, that that's from which everything may flow out. We pray this in your name. Amen.